0: This information is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is offered with the understanding that the presenters are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert advice is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought. Welcome to the Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast. I am your host, James Orr. This is Episode 4. Today, we're going to continue with Andrea's story. Previously, we had 40 year old Andrea utilizing the Nomad real estate investing strategy, acquiring eight rental properties starting with $100,000 that she got in her divorce. Ultimately, she would end up with nine properties, eight rentals, and one that she lives in with her sons, who were ages two and four at the start. In the previous episodes where Andrea was buying rental properties, she was doing all the property management herself. In this episode, Andrea will let her fear of property management get the best of her and will choose to hire a professional property manager instead of learning how to manage properties herself. Instead of spending time learning how to market find tenants, screen tenants, negotiate the terms and fill out the lease and the associated paperwork for putting a tenant in the property, for maintaining a trust account for security deposit that's required in her real estate market, to learn and comply with all the fair housing and local landlord-tenant laws, to manage the tenant and the lease while they're in the property, all the bookkeeping for the property's income and expenses, and to oversee the maintenance on the property. Instead of taking the time to learn and do all this work, she listens to the class we have on how to get the best property manager to work for you and decides to hire a property manager. I'll put a link to this class in the show notes. So she interviews and hires a property manager to do these tasks for her and she will instead learn the skills of managing her property manager. As an accountant in her day job, she feels comfortable with the bookkeeping and accounting for the income and expenses on the property. Now she'll primarily be reviewing the monthly statements from the property manager. She listens to the managing your property manager class and feels like she can, with some practice and experience, become a great manager of an excellent property manager. I'll put a link to that class as well in the show notes. Now, property management fees vary by manager and by market. In her market, hiring a good property manager will cost her 10% of the gross monthly rents on the property. For our modeling, she will be paying this whether she has one rental property with the property manager or all eight. In the real world, it is not uncommon for a property manager to reduce their fees if you had several properties under management with them. So, what is the impact on Andrea paying 10% of gross rents to a property manager instead of doing it herself? Well, first, she is not going to be doing all the property management work. She will have more time to focus on raising her two small boys. She will still need to learn to manage her property manager, but she is buying back time for herself and making her real estate investments much more passive. Now, some of you who manage your rental properties yourself might be thinking, you know, managing a handful of properties really isn't that much work. Or maybe some of you have had a tenant or two that tested your skills as a property manager, and you're anxious to see the financial impact of Andrea hiring a property manager to see if you can do it yourself. So what is the financial impact of Andrea hiring a professional property manager? Will it slow down the ability for her to acquire properties? It turns out, yes, it does impact her ability to buy properties every 12 months. Will it slow down when she achieves financial independence and could stop working? Yes, it does delay when she achieves financial independence. Will it reduce her standard of living that she could be living when she achieves financial independence? Yeah, a little bit. Does it affect her ultimate net worth? Yes, it lowers her overall net worth. Does it make her have negative cash flow when buying the rental properties? Yes, it does. Does she still have negative cash flow when we include the tax benefits of depreciation? Yes, but it is very small. Is it riskier for her to hire a property manager? Well, it depends on how you measure risk. In some ways, it is slightly less risky. In other ways, it is more risky. So let's dive into these ideas as we compare Andrea hiring a property manager to her doing property management herself. In the baseline scenario from episode one, Andrea was managing rental properties herself. When she converted the first property she was living to to a rental, she was earning about $40 per month in positive cash flow. However, if she hires a professional property manager, that same property would now have about negative $120 per month. That means, by hiring a professional property manager, she is eating into what remains of her $100,000 from the divorce a tiny bit each month. By the time she converts her second property to a rental, the first property is only about negative $85 per month, and the new property that she was living in but is now being converted to a rental has a negative cash flow of about negative $108 per month. When she brings the third property on as a rental, the first property is still about negative $50 per month. The second one is about negative $74 per month. And the third one is negative $97 per month. When she brings her fourth property on as a rental in month 49, the first one is just about negative $14 per month. The second rental is approximately negative $38 per month. The third is about negative $62 per month. And the fourth property is negative $86 per month. But here's where it gets interesting. By the time she brings on her fifth rental property, the private mortgage insurance she was paying on the first property drops off. And her cash flow on that property is now positive $180 per month. The cash flow on the second rental is just about break even. The third rental is negative $25 per month. The fourth is negative $49 per month. And the fifth is negative $74 per month. Now, in general, you can see that she has negative cash flow in each property she converts to a rental for several years before the rents increase enough and, in some cases, private mortgage insurance drops off, where she then has positive cash flow. If she had opted to put 20% down, She could have had positive cash flow from the very beginning with these rental properties, even if she hired a professional property manager. But she opted to put 5% down, move into the properties as an owner-occupant, live there for a year, and then convert them to a rental. Now remember, she did this as a way to conserve her cash so she would have enough for more down payments and to acquire rentals faster. Plus, the interest rates on owner-occupant loans when she moves in is typically lower, often significantly lower, than the mortgage interest rate she could get as a non-owner occupant or an investor mortgage. But when she hires a professional property manager, she does have some negative cash flow. Or does she? What about the tax benefits of owning rental property? One of the tax benefits of owning rental property is called depreciation. Now, you'll want to talk to your tax advisor to get a more technical definition because I'm not a tax professional. But here's a layman's explanation of how depreciation works. So Andrea's earning $48,000 per year from her job, and she's paying taxes on the income she earns. Now that she owns a rental property, she could take the value of the building, not the value of the land, just the building, and depreciate that over 27.5 years. So let's say she has... $250,000 property, and about 15% of that is considered the value of the land. So she has a gross depreciation benefit of about $7,700 per year. So how does this apply to Andrea's tax situation? Well, instead of paying taxes on $48,000 per year in income, she can subtract $7,700, that's her gross depreciation benefit, from that $48,000 in income, and then pay taxes as if she only earned $40,300 per year. In other words, she does not need to pay taxes on $7,700 of her income. Now, if she was in the 15% tax bracket, which she is technically in a little bit higher tax bracket, but it's more conservative to estimate using a lower number here. So if she was in a 15% tax bracket, that means she'd be saving $7,700 times 15% per year, or about $1,155 per year. If you squint really hard, that's about $100 per month in what I like to call cash flow from depreciation. She can either get a rebate at the end of the year if she paid too much in taxes, or she could go to her HR department and increase her exemptions so that she actually receives that money in her regular paychecks by paying less in tax through payroll from her job. And she gets the cash flow from depreciation benefit for every rental she owns for 27 and a half years. So does she really have negative cash flow? If she takes into account this cash flow from depreciation as well, a little. Whenever I combine the cash flow from her rental properties and the cash flow from depreciation of her rental into a single number, I call that true cash flow. True cash flow is just cash flow after all the expenses on the rental property plus cash flow from depreciation. So when Andrea converts the first property into a rental, she had negative $119 per month in cash flow. But when she takes into account the tax benefits of depreciation on a rental property and estimates what that might be at her tax rate, she really has a true cash flow, that's cash flow and cash flow from depreciation, of negative $23 per month. And if we're talking about true cash flow, when she converts the second property to a rental, the first one is already positive at $11 per month in true cash flow. And the second property is just $10 per month negative. Now in the baseline scenario from episode one, when she was managing all the properties herself, she had no negative cash flow. In this episode, when she decides to hire a professional property manager, she does have negative cash flow when we ignore the tax benefits of depreciation, how much? Well, the cumulative total across all of the months in the scenario and all the rental properties, the total amount of negative cash flow is just under $11,000 total. If we take into account cash flow from depreciation, the cumulative total amount of negative true cash flow for all of the months in the scenario and for all of the rental properties combined is under $300 total for everything. So she technically has negative cash flow, but the amount of negative true cash flow, taking into account that cash flow from depreciation is very, very small, about $300 total. So why then does it slow down her ability to buy properties every 12 months? Well, In episode one, the positive cash flow from her rentals is what allowed her to have enough down payments to buy nine properties, eight rentals and one to live in at the end. In our modeling, the $250,000 home prices are going up each year so that what I'm about to say is not technically correct because it's technically more than this. But to simplify this down, to buy nine properties, she needs nine 5% down payments. Now, if they were all $250,000 purchases, which they're not, each one is slightly more expensive than the last. But if they were all $250,000, nine 5% down payments would be $112,500. In our actual modeling, it turns out it's about $129,000 in down payments. Plus, she wants to keep about $10,000 in reserves adjusted for inflation well, she only had about $100,000 to start with. And even though her money is growing in the stock market, her money does not grow fast enough. And even though her true cash flow helps, it doesn't help quite enough. In this particular case, buying her eighth property is delayed by about two months. Now, could she have just decided to just live with a little less than $10,000 in reserves and buy property number eight after 12 months instead of 14? Probably. But the software followed what we told it to do, and we set a full $10,000 in reserves adjusted up for inflation. So did Andrea run into an issue with debt to income? No, she did not. Why? It is unusual but you might get questioned by a mortgage underwriter if you hire a professional property manager. But typically, when qualifying for a mortgage, property management fees are not included separately when calculating debt to income. For our modeling, we have assumed it is not part of the debt to income calculation. When calculating debt to income, we do include rent, mortgage payments, private mortgage insurance, any HOA fees, utilities that the landlord would need to pay, any property taxes, and property insurance. So it was not debt-to-income that slowed Andrea down from acquiring properties every 12 months. Instead, it is having enough money for down payments and closing costs and reserves. So how does her hiring a professional property manager impact her ability to achieve financial independence? In episode one, she achieved financial independence in month 138, when Andrea is about 52 years old. By hiring a professional property manager, she pushes financial independence back about 4.5 years to when she is about 56 years old. With more in expenses to run the properties from hiring a professional property manager, it also reduces her potentially higher standard of living. In our modeling, we assume she just maintained her $48,000 per year lifestyle, but she could have increased that. With a professional property manager, she could increase it less. By age 65, that's month 300, she could be living at a lifestyle of 245% of her $48,000 per year compared to just under 200% if she hired a professional property manager. That's the difference. Okay, so what about her net worth? At the end of our modeling, when she's 80 years old, she would have about $2.5 million less in net worth by hiring the professional property manager. That's in inflated dollars. Adjust back to today's dollars, and it is just about $750,000 difference in net worth. That's just under $5 million compared to just over $4.2 million when she hired a professional property manager. Now, I'll also note here, out of an abundance of clarity, that in the baseline scenario from episode one, she's still managing her properties after she's financially independent, through when she's 80 years old. In this episode, she hires a property manager from the beginning and keeps the professional property manager throughout the entire 40-year period. Now, in the real world, and we did not model this, but we could, but maybe she manages the properties herself until she reaches financial independence and can afford to hire a professional property manager. So how well does Andrea's property manager do in their fees compared to how much true cash flow she's collected? If we look at the total amount her property manager has collected in fees through when she first achieves financial independence in month 191, the property manager has made about $227,000. Andrea made about $412,000 between cash flow and cash flow from depreciation through that same month. If we ignore cash flow from depreciation, the property manager made more than Andrea did in cash flow during that period. Andrea only made about $163,000 in pure cash flow without the tax benefits. However, if we do a cumulative total for the entire 40-year period, Andrea earns about $4.5 million in true cash flow, while the property manager made just over $1 million working for Andrea. Still a decent sum for the property manager, but Andrea did not have to do any of the property management work for the full 40-year period. I'll also point out that Andrea owns the properties, too. You know, we're not taking into account the value of the properties and her equity here. Let's finish this episode with a very, very brief discussion of risk. In one way, hiring a professional property manager is less risky. She is relying on a professional to keep up with the fair housing and landlord-tenant laws and keep her compliant and out of legal trouble. On the other hand, she has less cash on hand because she is paying her property manager. That means our measures of risk that include a comparison of debt to net worth and debt to account balances are going to be slightly more risky when she's hired a property manager. Now she's hit twice when we consider reserves and months of reserves. Since we consider property management as an expense she needs to keep in reserves, the amount she needs for a single month of reserves is more when she hires a property manager than when she does not. And she has less in her account because she's paying the property manager, so the number of months of reserves she has is lower too. Additionally, she is less resilient to drops in rent because she has higher expenses that make it easier for her to have negative cash flow should rents decline. I'll include those charts for you to consider in the show notes. Is there anything else Andrea can do to speed up her time to achieving financial independence? Could she take extra cash she has in her accounts and use it to pay off the properties early? In the next episode, episode 5, Andrea will pay off her mortgages early with any extra cash flow she has to see if she can achieve financial independence faster. Also, be sure to check out the Advanced Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast to see how having variable property appreciation rates and rent appreciation rates, variable mortgage interest rates, variable inflation rate, and variable stock market rates of return impacts Andrea when she hires a property manager. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about Andrea hiring a professional property manager. This has been James Orr with the Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast. Bye-bye for now. Oh, I almost forgot. You can download the newest version of the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet for free. Just go to realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash spreadsheet to download it right now. It's amazing. Bye-bye for now.